0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to see it continue to grow, a great way to support would be if you could please subscribe on whatever platform you're currently listening on, and also by sharing this podcast with your friends and on social media. If you could do that, it would be a huge help, and I would really appreciate your support. Have you ever had to wrestle with a challenge that mentally you just can't see yourself overcoming? I know I have on more than one occasion. If you've been in that situation, it's easy and, let's be honest, normal to feel overwhelmed and outmatched. So what do you do when your mind goes negative? How do you summon up the confidence to reach your full potential? My guest today knows exactly what to do. Hold up, wait a minute, let me put some greatness in it.
1: Don't stop, get it, get it. (laughs) I believe for all of us. What I know about you is that you have greatness in you. Now, when I say that right away, some of you think I'm just saying that to be kind and courteous, nice, inspirational, motivational. Nah, I'm not saying it to be kind and nice and inspirational and motivational. I'm saying it because it's true. I believe that greatness is is an effort that we put in. It's doing the best you can in all that you do, period. Who cares about the result? The effort is where the greatness lies in my opinion.
0: Kevin Bracey, AKA your greatness coach, is a former professional baseball player and now a successful and world renowned speaker who has a ton of great insight on how to train our minds to think positive. So sit back and as Kevin will say, brace yourself because today we're going to talk about reconditioning your mind, how to win the day, and what it means to chase your greatness. I'm Anthony Robles, and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. What does unstoppable mean to you? Unstoppable is just a a mindset and a way of life. I think it's just uh, not being being afraid to fail.
1: Relentless. I can accomplish anything I want to accomplish. When I set my priorities right, when I walk with God, and when, again, I, I live with that mindset, being the best that I can be at every moment. I think there's nothing more powerful on earth
0: than the human will. Anthony Robles has shown us that impossible is nothing. Anthony Robles is a national champion. You're listening to the Unstoppable Podcast with Anthony Robles, brought to you by Safe Streets. Please welcome today's special guest, motivational speaker, Kevin Bracey. Hey everyone, before we start this episode, I'd like to take a moment to recognize our sponsor. Today's homes are getting smarter and so are today's homeowners. When it comes to protecting your home with the latest smart home technology, the smart choice is Safe Streets, the only ADT authorized provider in the country. To schedule a free home security evaluation, call 844-980-SAFE. That's 844-980-7233. All right, Kevin Bracey, man, how you doing today?
1: man brace up champ it's good to be in your space man anytime I can I can be anywhere near you you got that electric <laughs> greatness all over you man I feel the vibes you know what I mean <laughs> uh, man
0: man it's, it's such an honor to speak with you It's it's been too long man I remember our first speaking event together I had the honor of sharing the stage with you back in 2011 I think maybe two yeah. years later we, we spoke again on stage and yeah man it's been it's been a long time how are you doing
1: man I'm 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 living a dream man I would have to say but I I The days and times we're in today, I can never reach my my peak level of joy and happiness just due to everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. However, I am personally blessed, but just because I'm blessed, I still have empathy and compassion in my heart for those who are really struggling and going through hard times right now, for real.
0: Absolutely, man. We definitely are in challenging times, but you know, I think the most important thing you and I have learned, and, and we all know, but we forget sometimes, is we just got to stay positive. Right? We got to grind through those hard times and just focus on that light at the end of the tunnel because there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. We just got to be willing to, you know, to last through it all, right? Right,
1: right. And that's the challenge right now is being able to change my focus and and, and focusing on that light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. amid the struggle for not just us but just people in general. You know,
0: I hear you, that, man. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, life has a has a crazy way of throwing these a number of challenges at you before you, even, you expect them. Right. It's just all you can do is react to it. And that's what we're, we're dealing with right now.
1: React but. to it and hang out with people like you who bring that just it's just positive energy, man, no matter what. So, again, I'm grateful to be here.
0: Uh, man. I'm, I'm, it's a pleasure to have you here, man. I was so excited. And like I said, back in 2011, this first time I had the opportunity to share a stage with you and hear you speak. And uh, you became a, a, you quickly became a role model to me, someone that I really looked up to and you motivated me, man. From that day on, there was always this phrase that I recited in my head and it came from you, is that chase your greatness. And I know you know wow. I want to get into that later today, but I mean, first yeah. off, Kevin, man, I mean, as a public speaker, you've had the opportunity to motivate thousands across the country. I mean, you also launched the Kevin Bracey School of Motivation, your own show called Kevin Bracey's Monstars of Motivation. Man, you've had an incredibly successful career, you know, as a speaker, a brand builder. But before you got into speaking, man, I know prior to that, you were an athlete, professional ball player. You had a successful career playing baseball in college and in professional leagues in Canada, right? So how did that transition come about, man?
1: You know, for me, from baseball to speaking, it was, you know, my whole life, baseball, I mean, I don't go too far without my bat. My bat is next to me everywhere I go. You know what I mean. But uh, uh, all my life, I wanted to play baseball, and that was the goal for me. That was the dream. I actually went to college to play baseball. I like to keep it honest. Some say I went to college to get my degree. I didn't. That came with it. It was like stay eligible so that you can have an opportunity to 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 play baseball. But. Along the journey of chasing baseball, I ended up with an associate arts degree, a sociology degree, and a criminal justice certificate. I went from a JC to a scholarship to the University of Utah. After two years in Utah, I graduated. And then um, I didn't get drafted right away, but through connections and people that I knew, I got connected to a team in Canada and ended up going there and playing two years of professional baseball. But while I was in Canada playing professional, getting paid to do what I love. It taught me something, two things. It taught me that you can actually do what you love and get paid to do. Hmm. I didn't know anybody who was doing that because growing up in my household, when Sunday came into the weekend, instead of getting excited about Monday, people in my household were trying to figure out how they can call in to get Monday off. So obviously they didn't love what they did. I'm not beating them up. I love my people, but it was just the facts. So when I was playing ball, I said, before the end of my baseball career, and maybe it was the wrong thought at the time, because I was letting some doubt creep in of not making it to the highest level, I started thinking, what are you gonna do with your life when it's all over? Mm -hmm. And once you start thinking that way, it could open, it's just a little crack, right? Mm -hmm. So someone had loaned me back in my day, I'm an OG, (laughs) back in my day, somebody loaned me a cassette tape.
0: Uh...
1: That cassette tape, (laughs) was of a motivational speaker you know nowadays everybody's listening to podcasts like the unstoppable right sir but there was a there was a cassette tape that i put into my tape deck and it was of a motivational speaker by the name of les brown the legendary les brown les brown is the. let me just say this he's the jackie robinson of motivational speaking anybody and everybody who's doing this can say what they want les brown Pave the road for all of us who do this, Absolutely, who became my closest mentor, who I would not be here talking to you. I would not have hit any stage without his influence. I'm giving that man his glory while he's still alive. I'm giving him his flower. So someone gave me a cassette tape of Les Brown. I listened to it. Now, this was at a time where I was looking at, what are you going to do with your life when it's all over? So I'm listening to this cassette tape. It just so happened and it got stuck in my tape deck. So whenever I turned my car on, Les Brown's voice would come on. I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't turn it down. (laughs) It was broken, on. So for three months, I'm listening to his voice. And one day I'm driving around town uh, at one of my jobs after playing baseball. And I said, wait a minute, I've been listening to this audio program for three months. And all this man is doing is telling his story. Wait a minute. I have a story. What if I can tell my story and impact people's lives the way he has impacted my life? That, therein lies the moment when I got a new vision from baseball to chasing this dream of being a professional speaker. Man. That was the transition for me.
0: I love it, man. That's so awesome, (laughs) <laughs> that was the moment right there. And I agree with you, man. Les Brown, he's one of my personal heroes. I mean, to have that tape playing every single day and to have that mindset just engraving you as soon as you wake up. I mean, that's powerful right there. Man,
1: man it was, it was a life changer for me. It was a trajectory changer of my entire life. And then I realized that everything that I had put into sport, if I just took that same focus, That same discipline, that same determination, that same stick-to-itiveness, that same level of study and and what we do when nobody's looking to prepare ourselves for our sport. If I do that same thing in speaking, then there's no way I can be denied. It was just Mm -hmm. a matter of time.
0: Absolutely, man, I couldn't agree with you more. And just being a professional athlete going as a wrestler, you know, going through college, I remember just making that decision to transition from athlete, you know, professional to professional speaking, trying to go from making a full time career as a public speaker, and wrapping up my career as a wrestler trying to go for an NCAA championship. And that's something that, you know, like you said, a lot of things can translate over, right? Those skills. So what was your preparation and your training like when you set your goal to become a speaker? You're going from baseball player to speaker. What was that like just just transitioning over?
1: Great question. So when I was loaned that cassette tape, I was loaned, the person who loaned it to me, his name is the late, great Ken Westinsko, my first business mentor. And When he handed me that cassette tape, it was through a business. It was through a multi level marketing business. So, through that business, he put me on a personal development regimen. I had to change, I had to Mm -hmm. shift. I couldn't think like an athlete. I could think like an athlete because I was one, but there was a different level of thinking when you're building a business. Mm -hmm. I grew up to get a degree, get a job, and go to work and go do a nine to five type of deal. That's go to work. You, after, you know, two weeks, you get a paycheck two every two weeks, you get a paycheck or once a month, Mm -hmm. but in business, I was trying to recondition my mind to see it in a different way. So he started loaning me cassettes, loaning me audio programs, loaning me books to read. So what my regimen became was listen for at least 30 minutes to 45 minutes. That was way back then. Now life is too fast for me to Mm -hmm. sit for 45 minutes, I'm just not gonna do it. Maybe 15, Hmm. but 45 is too long to get Hmm. sitting in one place. So listen to an audio program every day. Hmm. Read something positive for 15 to 20 minutes a day. I'm gonna say that again, just in case the video was slow. Read something positive for 15 minutes a day, every day. Then attend live events where speakers were speaking so that I could learn and see what they were doing and how they were doing it and how the speakers were moving the room and what I can learn, how they were opening, how they were closing, how they were selling in the back of the room. And the, the fourth thing was have a conversation with my mentor at least once per week. Now, in addition to that, as I got some experience and also try to speak as often as I can for free locally because I needed to get the repetitions. So it was listen to something every day, read something positive every day, um, attend something live whenever I possibly could, communicate with my mentor once a week and speak as often as you can for free locally so you can get the repetitions. And the more reps you get, the better you become. And then the moment someone says, hey, how much do you charge? You just now became a professional. Mm. I wasn't looking for the money at first. I was looking for the repetition because I knew I had to take a thousand ground balls and a thousand swings to get better. So my athletic mindset was just speak. Don't worry about the money. And then the moment someone says, what do you charge? That's the moment when you become a professional.
0: And I love that. That's some gold right there. And just for you, To have this dream, right? You're going from from pro athlete, you say, okay, now I want to shift. I want to go to motivational speaking. I want to be a professional speaker. So you have this dream. And I think what's most important, what you just said, you came up with a plan. You came up with just a blueprint of, this is what I'm going to do, these things down the list every single day. I'm going to make sure that I accomplish these things on this list. I have the plan. And I think that when we come up with a goal that we personally want to accomplish, there's always some type of transition period, right? Where we got to figure out what we need to do or change in order to go from where we currently are to where we want to be. And it's in that changing and preparation stage where you come up with that game plan, react on it. And I think that's something that often trips people up, right? They come up with the goal, mm-hmm. but they don't really come up with that effective plan. And I think one of my favorite mm-hmm. quotes it says that a dream without a plan is just a wish. So, do you have any advice mm-hmm. for people out there who, you know, they have this dream, but they're just struggling to come up with a plan or they don't really see coming up with a plan as, as important?
1: Right. Well, you know, it's it's it, that's an awesome question, and I, I love the question because when I started speaking, it was twenty three years ago. When I first started, it was about write your your quarterly goals, your monthly goals, your yearly goals, your your you know What are your goals by the end of the year? So, me and my family, we used to on uh, um, New Year's Eve every year. Me and my family would be together. We'd watch the ball drop in New York and we'd be flipping the channels, watching all the people, you know, get ready for the new year to bring in the new year. So we would all get a three by five card. Me, my wife, my son, my daughter, and whatever friends were spending the night had to be a part of this. Hmm. We give them a card and you had to write down your top five goals for the year. And we write them down. We have fun. We put them in an envelope. We seal them and we put them in a drawer. And then the next New Year's, I knew at least my family would be together. Didn't know if those friends would still be there. And we opened it up and we'd figure out what we checked off. And we did that year after year. But then here's what happened to me. It was one year when that process became anticlimactic for me, where I got the paper out and I opened it. It was like, "Mm." and I decided that year something has to change Why? And I don't want to have to wait a whole year to celebrate mm-hmm. the reaching of a goal. So I shifted my focus to what do I need to do every day in order to win the day? Just the day. I know what my goal is. Okay, I, had to wrote, I wrote, wrote it down. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to be. Write all that down. Put it all down. Write all on paper. Messy doesn't matter. Put that away. I know what it is. I know what it is. But what do I need to do today in order to win my day? So the way I write do my goals now is in a 17, let's just say there's 24 hours in a day. We sleep five, four to seven hours a day. So let's just say in the 17 hours that I'm awake, moving around, doing what I do, speaking, doing this, working out, Whatever. What do I need to do to win the day today to get me closer to where I want to be, right? So I have six areas that I focus on every single day. Here's what they are for me. I call them my significant six. You could have your thriving three, your phenomenal five, whatever it is. Mine is faith, family, fitness, finances, future, and fundraising in the 17 hours that I'm awake, I personally have to connect with my faith for me in order for me to win the day. Second, I have a wife I've been married to for 22 years. I have children. I've got to connect with my son, my daughter, my wife. Whether that be five seconds, five minutes, or five hours, I got to connect with my people. Check, I got to get my work out of here. Two of them, cardio at some point and weights the second one. Fitness, check, finances. I've got to make sure that the things that, I'm, that, that, that are coming in from book sales, t-shirt sales, gigs, are, is my family cool financially? Check, future. This is where I spend my time on that long-term. I got to do something to get me closer to that project that's top of mind and top priority. And then fundraising. I got to spend some time giving myself to a cause that's greater than me in my life, which is our nonprofit that helps kids like our son who has special needs and who has chronic pain. So every day, if I can hit my areas, I go to bed and go, yes, I won the day. I maximize the day. Go to bed tomorrow, wake up and do it again. That's how I like to live my life because I want to live in the excitement of what do I need to get done today, not by the end of the year. That's how I set my goals. Does that make sense?
0: That makes sense man I love that that just that idea of of winning the day just focusing on those little steps in front of you because it holds you accountable right I mean you can really track that progress as you're going and like it just reminds me of my wrestling days and as an athlete right we always want to win we always want to win the game we always want to win the match but if you're focusing on just winning the final outcome you you don't you don't get there because you you forget those little positions right, right? those little things in between and that's something that I micro had to learn goals. Exactly those micro, micro goals, goals right goals. In wrestling, we'd say you have to win the positions. It's every little position. If you focus on the little things, that gets you to the big thing. That gets you to the big goal to where you want to be. Yes. Man, that that's so powerful. And so, so you have this goal. You have the plan. And you, you start to develop that plan. Was there ever a point along that journey of just going into public speaking, you have these things that, that you, you've listed out that you want to accomplish every single day. Was there ever a point that you just felt like, man, I'm not... I'm not seeing the progress like I expected. It's not coming as quickly as I wanted it to. Was there ever that low point for you to where you contemplated, like maybe I made the wrong decision switching over?
1: Mm, what a great question. What a great question. And I love it because it forces me to go back to my journey. Let me tell you something, and I get fired up, man. When I start talking, I get excited when I start talking about the journey. Because let me tell you something. Once I put, put my focus on professional speaking. See, in baseball, I was, I was good, but I wasn't great. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had average talent. Everything I did was average, except for my work ethic. I'm going to outwork anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just not going to outwork me because I'm, I'm willing to die. I'm, I'm willing not to be here. I'll run more sprints than you. I'll take more ground balls than you. I'll swing until I pass out. It just doesn't matter. So I was average at that. But when I got my focus on speaking, I said I'll never be average again. I'm I'm I've got talent here. I'm about to be great in my own mind and heart, not according to the world. Mm -hmm. So, so I when I got when speaking came to my radar, I decided that I was gonna, it does not matter how many no's I get. It does not matter how many times, how, how long it's going to take me to get my name and reputation locally. I focus on local. I dream I dream global, focus local. It did not matter what it's going to take, how many books I had to read, audios I had to listen to. This was what I was going to do for a living, period. But when you get to year five, you're not there yet doing it for a living. You got to, like I said, trickle, flow, Flood. So for the so trickle, flow, floods. For the first 10, 15 years, it was between trickle and flow, meaning a check here, a check here, a check there, trickle, check here, and then check, 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 nothing, check, check, nothing, check, 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 check. So it came a flow. It took me 16 years to break through in this business. To get to a place where I was speaking for a living, 16 years. So during that time, were there times when I thought, "Man, it's not happening." Yeah, a lot. But I made a decision. There was nothing else in the world that I wanted. It was either I know this is obsessive, but I'm an like you. Speak or die. I didn't give myself an out. I'm not giving myself an out. This. Is what I'm going to do for a living, period. I didn't want to do anything else. So during those down moments, I'll listen to another audio that got, kept me going for one more day. I read another passage, cha- a chapter in the book that kept me going for one more day. I do another free speech for Toastmasters that kept me going for one more day. I call a friend who believed in me that kept me going for one more day. I'll go in the room and cry, grown man because it ain't happening fast enough, because I wanted this, kept me going for one more day. My wife, babe, she'll say, whatever it takes, babe, kept me going for one more day. So I had so many things, prayer, that kept me going for one more day. And then that 16th year, I sat out with the school district in Sacramento, trickle, flow, that's all I had. And this one district, sat down with someone that I knew through a connection. They already had an anti-bullying character building program in their district, but there was a new person in a position who hired me two years ago in another district who is now in this district. He looked at me and he said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take the program that we already have out and we want your program in our district. So for the, next, the, for the next six hours, we're going to schedule a principal every half an hour to put seven to 10 dates for you to come to their school and shift their campus. That day, I booked 100 dates wow. in one day in one, with my assistant sitting right next to me. That was the day that I said, yeah. it was all worth it. 16 years. And I have to look back hasn't been the
0: same since that day. Man, that's incredible. And, and uh, just so many things in what you just said just resonates with me. And they're, they're just great lessons to, to learn, like making that decision, right? You make the decision and you commit to it. You're just relentless until you get what you want. And also, I like how you said you, you just took things, right? Every single day, you took those little things to give you that energy to last a little bit longer. And I mean, like athletes, right? I think back to my career. I had a pretty good career. I look back to my win-loss record and my wins. Great career, baby. Great career. Thank you. Thank you. I tried. <laughs> but, you know, I look back at my career and I was blessed. You know, I had 122 wins in college. And I look at those wins though, right? I look at my record and I wish I could say every single one of those wins was just dominating, right? Like I just went in there and I just tore my opponent up. But that wasn't the case. I mean, a lot of those matches were close. A lot of them, I had to come from behind. A lot of them, I didn't think I could win. But the key was, is in those moments, you just held on to something, right? You stayed in that fight, whatever you could do to keep that energy, you hang in that fight. And then the opportunity eventually is going to present itself, right? Eventually it's going to come up, but you have to be willing to make that decision to say, I'm going to stay in this no matter what, and have that faith that you will have that opportunity down the road. Hey, everyone. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Before we get back to it, I'd like to take a moment to recognize our sponsor. I believe there's an unstoppable spirit in us all, but sometimes that unstoppable spirit should be stopped at the door. That's why I've partnered with Safe Streets to help stop would-be intruders and porch pirates from ruining your day. Right now, Unstoppable listeners can get a free doorbell camera and $100 Visa gift card with new system activation and installation. Let Safe Streets help protect what you value most. Reserve your free doorbell and $100 Visa gift card today. Call 844-980-SAFE or visit safestreets.com slash unstoppable.
1: Absolutely. And, and you said the key word was faith. Mm -hmm. And, And it's so hard for people to hear that because everybody wants, give me exactly what it takes to make my dreams a reality. But no one has that formula for any one individual because The formula is different for everybody because everybody has different upbringing, different mindset, different different career paths. The key to it is, are you willing to do the work with no guarantee of results? No one can say to you, there's not, it's like when you're driving somewhere and someone gives you directions and when you're driving and they say, once you pass a street called Antelope Road, you know, you are two exits away. Okay, that's a landmark. It lets me know, okay, I'm going in the right direction. But when you're chasing a dream, there are no signs that pop out and say, hey, keep going. You're going in the right direction. You inside of you have to have faith along with hopefully a mentor that will say, keep going. I remember that experience, but it happened like this for me, which gives you confirmation. Okay, if he or she had that experience, I'm having the same experience. Okay, I'm going to use that as a sign. That's faith, but that's a sign that I'm going to know. There's no guarantees. The only only guarantee is when we say, I ain't quitting, period. When we get to that place, it's just a matter of time.
0: Exactly, man. You just got to be willing to pay the price for however long it takes, right?
1: You took the words right out of my mouth, brother. <laughs>
0: man kevin and it's just so cool just to hear about that journey like you said just the little trickles here then the flow and then just bam this huge speaking contract for you and that's amazing i mean 16 years that's a long time
1: 16 years it's a long time man 16 years and then 100 dates in that one city changed my life from that day forward here's what i said when i got that 100 i said this is what it means to make it Now, when I say make it, I'm an athlete, so I don't sit back and chill. Nah, it's time to turn it up now. Mm -hmm. But once you have that opportunity, you're not going to give me 100 chances in your district and me strike out. Nobody. (laughs) And I've been in that district since the day they booked those 100. I've been in there. It's been eight years, and I'm still in that district. Why? Because I'm hungry. And I want to continue to innovate and change and shift and be better, give more energy, be a better speaker, come from a different direction, stay creative, all those things, stay relevant, stay in shape, all that matters in what we do.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. And I think another couple of key things that you just said right there, stay challenged, right? Keep trying to move forward to evolve yourself, to improve. That's the key thing. I mean, you never reach... You never reach that final destination of the greatness, right? It's yeah. it's a never ending process of always trying to get better and better. Especially as an athlete, it's like right. mentally, when you get to that point to where you think you figured it all out, you think that you're the top and there's no one that can beat you. That's when that's when the upsets happen, right? That's when Absolutely. those underdogs come up and, and take it out from underneath you. It's true.
1: That's it. That's and, it. Ask LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Man, Kevin, you know, just talking about your, your speaking career and, you know, how you started and just, just being consistent with it. It makes me think about when I first started and I remember being in college and, and I decided it was my junior year, right? I, I switched over to business communications. I wanted to be a public speaker. And so actually I, I tried to come up with my own plan. I saw the speaking coach out here in Arizona. I said, I need to learn from someone. I need to be doing this as an internship. And I remember when I went to this guy, his name is Joel Weld and I went to him and he told me right away and it kind of first my bubble, he's like, look, this is a hard career to get into. You're gonna have to do this for a long time without expecting to get paid. He's like, are you willing to do that? And, you know, I I had the passion for it from the beginning. I said, yes, whatever it takes, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to stick it out. And so I remember, like you said, doing all these these events, right, for free. Anytime I could speak, I would get out there and speak. I remember getting in front of my mirror, drafted out speeches and practicing for hours. One time we flew out to Colorado, had five events in one day, didn't get paid for them. (laughs) I was like, man, you know what? paying the price. Right. And I learned so much and I had a passion for it because it is about giving back. It's about changing people's lives and helping them to reach their level uh, and reach their dreams. And I remember for me, it was actually winning my national title when, when the floodgates opened for me, when I got that flow, you know, after winning that people were wanting to speak all over the place, but that took me, I can't even remember how many free speaking events I did before I finally started getting paid. It's just willing to be patient, you know, willing to, to stick it out and just committing to that goal no matter how long it takes you you have to pay that price no matter how long it might be before you realize those dreams yeah because we
1: live in a world today where everyone wants to be viral overnight mm-hmm. if i can't go viral overnight then they 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 you know they're sitting back in their room and they, especially now it, with covid and everything they're sitting in their room they're depressed because no one's watching my videos you know but you have to stick to it you have to stick to it long enough. I say you got to give yourself a good two to five year window because in reality, and if we want to keep it all the way a stack, all the way 100, it's going to take a good 10 years of making uh, energy, time, money, investment in anything that's going to yield you any real revenue, long money to where you built your name, your reputation, your brand, your business, people in a certain market, a certain uh, uh, age range, know who you are. And now it's automatic pilot as you continue to climb, but it's going to take time. And I don't think a lot of people want to wait. And that's why there's so few that actually make it to that upper echelon of doing what they love for a living, small percentage. Not that the ones that don't make you can't do, you're just not willing to stick to it.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. And this reminds me again, of just being an athlete. It's like, you know, when I look at at the the plaques and stuff that I've won in the past, when I look at those things, I, I, of course you remember the wins, right? But more so for me, I remember the struggles. You know, I remember those times, like you said, the the grinding when when I didn't want to go to practice that day, when I'm, I'm kind of fighting through injuries, I'm trying to stay positive. And it took me nine years to reach my ultimate dream. But when those goals, when those dreams take a long time to accomplish, when you have to pay the high price to reach them, that's what makes them so special, because if it's just overnight, if it's easy, then it's kind of. I don't want to say irrelevant, but it's not really that important, right? It's like, oh, you know, on to the next thing. But it's valuable because it's worth so much. You had to pay the price to get those things.
1: Absolutely, man. And 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 when I think about, you know, the day, I remember the day when I went to that, you know, hundred gigs in that one day, and I knew I had quote unquote, made it, not sit back and chill, but now let's really go get it. Because now from a financial perspective, you can take care of your family and not have to lay down worrying, you know about this, lay down worrying about where your next paid gig is going to come from. When you get to that place, that's a special place. And I never, ever take one opportunity to express myself in this way for granted. Never, ever. Because I remember what it was like when I wanted." and Anthony Robles to call me and say, hey, will you be, you know, I want you to be a guest on my podcast. That's a big deal to me. I don't take that lightly because I remember when I wanted my name called. So thank you for calling my name today, my brother. I really appreciate it. I'm humbled by it, really.
0: Oh, my, my pleasure. Thank you so much for answering the call, Kevin. I mean, it's it's an honor to speak with you. You're, you're a guy that I mean, I, I listen to your YouTube videos and, and your messages, man. It, it fires me up. I'm, I'm training right now for some pull-up records, and, you know, mm. I, I pop your stuff in, man. It's like, man, I'm, I'm going to do some pull-ups till my arms fall off. <laughs> Kevin's got me fired up today. Let's go, man. I appreciate that. That's love. That's love, man. Y- yes, sir. Man, Kevin, you know, just talking about your speaking career, I just want to go back to that, man. I mean, you, you've had just thousands of speaking events from what it sounds like. But I mean, I just want to go back, man, to your, your very first one. Were you naturally just comfortable speaking in front of crowds? Do you remember that first event as something that, like, you know, you're really nervous for? What was that like, that first speaking event where you're you're officially a speaker now, and you're trying to make that deb- debut? Well,
1: there's a couple things that I remember that pop out. I, I don't know if I remember that very first. I do remember the first Paid one, but I don't remember the actual gig. I just remember the conversation that I was going to get paid three thousand dollars, and that flipped me out. I was like, "I'm about to be (laughs) rich." But but then after that one was over, I was like, "Wait a minute! There's no other ones in the calendar for the rest of the year." So anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But um, I remember my first Toastmasters talk, and that was a free one. But I remember putting on this burgundy suit, and I thought I had to wear a suit for some reason. And at that time, every other word was a curse word because I was just coming off the baseball field, and that's what we did—was play ball, spit, and curse. That's what (laughs) we did. And uh, and and my wife was coming to that one with me, and she was nervous because she knew I cussed a lot, and and she was wondering if I was gonna cuss in front of the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) And I got up there, man, and I and I remember when they were introducing me. The lady Marty Todd was one of my first speaking mentors, was introducing me, and. It felt like, as she was doing the introduction, it felt like bottom of the ninth inning, runners on second mm-hmm. and third, you know, two outs, I'm coming to the dish, let's see what we could do. That, those butterflies. Mm-hmm. But once I was done, it felt like i had hit a double in the gap. I was never a home run hitter, but I hit a double in the gap to win that game. And when I connected with that feeling is when I knew, That day, I knew I will be doing this for the rest of my life. But you were asking, do I get nervous? Yes. I don't get as nervous as I used to, but my family around here, we know there's a term we use, speak week. They know when it's speak week, I'm not fully engaged Hmm. because I'm thinking about my crowd. I'm thinking about the audience. I'm thinking about my crowd. Like LeBron James talks about staying up to three and four in the morning, watching film. I'm staying up to two, three, four in the morning, creating the messages going over them in my head and my PowerPoints to make sure that if I have 12 or 13 talks in a week, I got to be ready for each different audience with different Mm -hmm. nuances that they need to be illuminated in their message. So I do get nervous, but the nerves come from the fact that I care so much. Mm-hmm. I care about connecting. I care about how I do. It matters to me, but I do get nervous. I didn't come out comfortable speaking. I still get nervous to this day, but when I when I feel nervous, I feel alive.
0: Man, I'm right there with you. I still get those butterflies. And I know when they're about to announce my name, I'm in the back, I'm pacing back and forth. I'm charged up. It's all about making that impact, right? But for I, me, it feels like, you know, once I get on that stage, once I start speaking, I start locking on to the audience to their eyes and I start connecting with them, the nerves go away. Cause for me, it just feels like I'm connecting with them and that's my goal. You know, I want to connect. I want to change lives. If you can just touch one, that's what it's all about. Right.
1: On my arm, I have Taddy each one reach one. So yeah, it's all about reaching (laughs) one, but you said once you make that connection with their eyes, Everything goes away, but that's because it's no longer about you.
0: It's about them. Mm
1: -hmm. And when it's about them, you win every time. To me, passion, thanks. There's no such thing as a mistake when, when your passion emanates and they know that it ain't about you. It's about, I'm trying to get a message to you. I love you. I don't even know you, but how I bring my message is like, man, does he love us? Yeah. I think he does. That's when everything goes away. Cause it ain't about us.
0: Absolutely, man. That actually reminds me of a story. I remember when it was early on in my speaking career and you know, this is when I'm still, I'm, I'm really nervous out there. You know, I have all my notes and really my notes are just my full speech on a piece of paper and I don't no. want to forget anything. Right. So I'm out there and I'm speaking at this high school and for whatever reason, this just, man, I just could not get control of the crowd from the very beginning. There is, you know, these high schools were talking in their little groups and, and, you know, I was getting discouraged really quick, but I remember just looking at the crowd and kind of glancing, there were some groups talking, but there were faces out there that were just locked on to what I was saying. Right. And they're just nodding along with me and their eyes are wide. And when I'm saying certain, certain things that were emotional, they're just engaged with me. And so I walked away from that event. Just, I felt defeated. I was like, man, I, I, I didn't reach the entire crowd. You know, I didn't do my job. I don't know if I'm I'm meant to be a speaker. It was maybe a day later, I got a a Twitter message from one of the the students, like, hey, I just want to apologize for my classmates. That's not how we're supposed to act. But I just want to let you know personally that your message touched me, that it resonated with me. And that right there is like, I accomplished my goal. You know, it's that one person. Exactly. You reached the one. That's what it's about. It's not about me. It's not about sharing my message. I I know my story. You know your story. But it's about changing those other people's lives, right? Like others have stepped in to change our lives. Absolutely exactly what it's about.
1: And and I remember times when I've been on stage and told, like, I totally forgot. I, I try to memorize the mission of every organization company that I speak for. And there's been times when I've been in the middle of reciting their mission and my mind went blank. Imagine that. So I know what it's like to feel like I'm, this literally, this is what failure feels like. I'm not a failure, but this is what failing feels like. So I've been there before and we need those
0: moments to keep us humble. Absolutely. It keeps us humble. And those are the perfect times to learn, right? So, right. You know, again, back to athletics, like when I lose, right. when, I would, when I would take those losses, I hated it. But you know, one of the coaches used to say, you got to take your medicine sometimes, you know, those are those opportunities right. you reflect on um, what didn't go right, what you can improve on. And that's how you get better. You keep growing despite the losses, despite the setbacks, because those are the crucial times to where you can make the, the highest jumps you know, to to grow, to improve.
1: Well, Nick Saban says, don't waste failure. Hmm. Don't waste failure. So what can I learn from this moment of not succeeding?
0: Yeah, that's a crucial lesson to learn, especially in life, you know, and and we were talking about earlier about what's going on right now with with COVID and things. And man, I I don't know about you, but for me, I had had a, a full schedule of speaking events, COVID hit. And obviously because of big groups, Wiped out for you know six seven months and I'm sitting there. It felt like a huge loss. You know, it felt like a failure. And and I'm sure there were pe- people who were worse conditioned than me. But that opportunity for me was to start this podcast. I'm thinking, okay, you know what? Unfortunately, this happened. I have no control over it. But what can I do from here? How can I move forward? And I think that's the mentality we have to take, right? Despite the losses, the setbacks, despite the current situation. We have to make the most of it. We have to learn and we evolve and we come back even better because of that. If we do choose to learn and evolve.
1: I, I agree with you. And and I was in the same place that you were in. You know, my schedule was booked like yours. And and once it hit, is a moment where you, it's like you're in shock for a minute. Like, wait a mm-hmm. minute, they're closing down the schools. Cause I'm in schools, 95% of my engagements are administrators, teachers, students, whatever. Classified. And it was just a moment, man, where you, 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 it was a moment of panic, but I didn't stay in that mode because in, I was, I want to say blessed, some will call it fortunate, some will call it lucky, I say blessed, where m- my name is in so many of the districts locally to where, unfortunately, I don't like this part of the situation, but there's a couple of kids that had committed suicide in a, in a, in a district locally. Mm-hmm. And you never want who nobody wants kid man, kids who have so much life left and so mm-hmm. much to learn, and they just tragically, they can't see past the moment, and they took their own lives. and unfortunately, what districts do during that time is they they hustle to try to get something in the district so that the parents are saying, "Well what are you doing for the kids? mental health, and what are you doing so they're trying to get something in there. Because my name was floating around, there was a lady who believed in me, who brought me into a district. And I ended up signing this, this uh, $35,000 deal wow. the beginning of April. Yeah, the beginning of April. Wait, wait, the beginning of May hmm. for the month of May in this one district to, do, to, to to do chant rallies with elementary schools, kids to do what I call connection sessions with the older kids and do some things for the teachers. And just so happened when COVID hit, I ended up signing this deal with all the other things you have coming in, right? Because schools take so long to pay you sometimes. <laughs> so, so I still had some things going, but once the summer ended, I'm used to August, September, October. Mm-hmm. I'm booked. I mean, I'm crazy booked. But when now they have to do the distance learning and get that dialed in before they bring in me, we're extra. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to bring us in first. So right now, we're in October, now things are starting to pick back up virtually because they have been dialed in. So I had to pivot just like everybody else.
0: Man, man, that's like you said, it's a what a terrible situation, but I mean a, a blessing for you to be able to reach those students who are struggling, you know, just to help them with that their mindset. And uh, you know, like you said, pivot. I think that's that's the key thing right there. And I know for me, honestly, when when COVID hit and it wiped my schedule out for there was a while where I was just discouraged. I was like, man, everything I built up just, just got knocked down right overnight. But uh, listening to people like you talk and just interviewing mm. other people on this podcast, just hearing them say, "You got to get back up." And these are things I, I've already learned, but it helps to have that reminder from people, right? It's like we I, we all struggle. Everyone goes through those hard times. Everyone's going through one right now. But you know, you have to be able to pivot. You have to be able to to learn through what you're going through, to grind, and stay positive throughout it, despite how hard it might be. You push through that.
1: It's definitely a fight. It's mm. definitely a fight for positivity. Um, Les Brown said, uh, uh, "Life." is a fight for territory Hmm. once you stop fighting for what you want what you don't want shows up automatically Hmm. so if i want to be positive i gotta fight for that because once i stop fighting and just kind of let my mind wander i stop fighting to be positive what i don't want which is negativity starts to show up Hmm. so that's what it's about at the end of the day
0: that's powerful right there. And it reminds me, you know, like like when you're getting ready for a baseball game, when I was getting ready for a wrestling match, I got my, my playlist on my, my headphones, right? These things right. that are going to hype me up to help me think positive, to, to get me ready to go out there and win. And so right. I'm reflecting on the good things, but there were those times where I'm facing those tough opponents, right? Those tough schools are where those negative thoughts start popping in. Like, Oh, this is going to be a tough match. This is going to be, yes. you know, this guy's ranked this high up, but by thinking about those negative things, by dwelling on those things, you you basically you're preparing yourself to fail right it's like you Absolutely. focus on the positive you hype yourself up you going out there at your best but if you focus on the negative and the challenges you prepare yourself to fail and i think that's something we got to remember is you do have those two sides right you have to choose to engage that positive side and and just embrace your mind around those positive things push out those negative thoughts
1: and how i teach that it's, it's real simple i got to tat it on my chest when your mind goes negative your mouth goes positive. When your mind goes negative silently, because our mind, we don't hear our thoughts, right? When your mind goes negative, your mouth goes positive out loud. When my mind silently says, man, you can't do that. My mouth says, yes, I can do that. And I will do that. When your mind says, I'm not enough and I'm just not good enough. I've never been good enough. No one in my family's ever made it. I say, well, I'm different. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to work for mine and I'm never going to give up. So the battle Is right here. When your mind goes negative, this is a discipline we got to develop. When our minds go, says we can't, our mouths say we can That's the battle. It's not, a lot of times we have negative thoughts and we allow those thoughts to just live and swim in our mind. When your mind goes negative, mouth goes positive. When I have a live audience, I tell them, when I say mind goes negative, you say mouth goes positive. Mind goes negative, mouth goes positive. Mind goes goes negative, mouth goes positive. Because that's the battle. That's, we all can fight that battle. This is not talent. That's not, you got to have some sort. Nope. When your mind goes negative, your mouth goes positive.
0: Man, I love it. You're firing me up right now, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love it. You're, you're known around the world as your greatness coach. You know, when you go to your website, kevinbracy.com, in bold letters, it says, discover the greatness in you. Man, I so. can, you can you just explain what that word, what the word greatness means to you?
1: Well, you know, greatness is a, is a word that that many speakers use, and and it's it's become in some cases trite, some cases banal. But for me, it's it's alive and breathing. I was I was introduced to greatness through two people. One is Muhammad Ali, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But the other one is Les Brown, because Les Brown, when I was traveling with him for a year and a half, I got the honor to travel with Les Brown. That's like somebody saying twelve years old saying, "I want to be a wrestler." And, they, and then Anthony says, I got you for a year and a half. You come and hang with me. I'm going to show you what I do when no one's looking, what I do to prepare my mind, body, and spirit. That 12-year-old is bound to be a champion like you because they're getting the inside world of how to do it. Hmm. Les Brown said, come travel with me. Year wow. and a half. I'm literally sitting shotgun with the greatest of all time looking at contracts, literally shining shoes, Hmm. literally bringing breakfast to him, literally being kind of his, you know, between him and the crowd, seeing how he does it backstage, how he prepares his spirit, how he gives interviews, the energy he delivers, the stamina that he has all day long. He used to say, Bracey, you got to have stamina. Hmm. I'd be like, let's go, (laughs) you know? But he would say, you have greatness in you, Kevin. You have great, and he tells everybody that. But I just happened to believe it. I said, I got greatness in me. So naturally, when I become a speaker, I'm going to go back to the things that moved me. So I went back to greatness, right? So greatness, but I had to put my own definitions to it. Les's definition of greatness is greatness is a choice, period. Point blank, that's where he leaves that. And mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. But I had to come up with my own unique way of looking at greatness. So to me, when I say chase greatness or there's greatness in you, what I mean is you have the ability to get five things. Number one, give your best effort. The moment. Right now, I'm giving you my best effort right now. I'm giving your audience my best effort. Give your best effort. That is your greatness. I didn't say be the best. You can interpret it that way. I said give your best. Mm -hmm. If you give your best one day, maybe you will be the best number 2 your best focus i'm giving you my best focus right now i'm in this with you i'm looking at you i'm connecting with you i can i'm i'm believing that your audience is going to get something from our conversation your best effort and your best focus that's your greatness third your greatness is the best version of you now that has to do with how you treat the people around you who don't look like you talk like you walk like you act like you believe like you vote like Mm -hmm. you when we show people respect no matter where they're coming from no matter what they look like no matter what they've done when we apologize to someone and we didn't even think we were wrong that's the best version of us when we share that sandwich that we were about to eat with that person that's homeless that needs it more that's the best version of us so third Greatness is when we operate in the, as the best versions of ourselves. Fourth, greatness is when we find our greatest mix of gifts and we step into it. For you and I, it's speaking to people. I call myself a motivational entertainer. So I add music and all kinds of different things to my motivation. My gift, music is part of it. Dance is part of it. Rhythm is part of it. Speaking, huge part of it. So when I mix those together and create an experience for my audience, That's my greatest mix of gifts. When we discover what those are, not just discover them, but step into them. That's greatness. And the fifth is greatness is the mindset that every single day we can better our best. Better today than yesterday. Better today than yesterday. Better today than yesterday. Every time we wake up, alive and breathing. Better today than yesterday. It's a mindset. Greatness, best effort, best focus, best version of you and I. Our best mix of gifts that we step into in the mindset better today than yesterday. So I am coach greatness because I'm trying to coach the greatness out of you so you can live in it. Not because I'm so great,
0: but I coach it. Man, that's that's powerful. There's so much substance to what you just said and, and I mean, it really just stands out to me just those individuals in my life who have been examples to me of chasing my greatness. You know, like you said giving that best effort, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the best. It just means giving your best. And I think back to High school when I first started wrestling, I was 14 years old. I was last place in the city my first year. You know, I had this guy on our team. His name was Chris Freeze. He was a state champ, he was the captain, he was the stud, right? And so I started just trying to learn underneath this guy. Every single day I would wrestle with him. He was my mentor. And we had this thing we call them bear crawls workouts. You do a conditioning. For those of you who know bear crawls, it's where you get on all fours and you're literally just running like a bear as fast as you can. So we would run around the mat doing these bear crawls, and they would set us up in lines of three. So I made a point to every single day when we do those bear crawls, I would line up right next to Chris. He was the best. He was the great one that I wanted to be like, I say, I need to get a little bit closer to Chris today. And it didn't mean I was going to beat him that day, but it was, I was going to give my best effort that day. And before I knew it one day popped up and I hear coach yelling, he's catching you. He's catching you. I look over, I'm catching up to Chris. I'm passing him up. And that's the thing, right? You give your best and eventually You never know. You might be the best, but right. that doesn't really matter. What matters is that you're giving your all. That's what greatness on, is.
1: That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's it.
0: That's yeah. it. <laughs> all yeah. day long. So, so much powerful stuff, Kevin. Thank you so much for for the info, just for dropping that knowledge. And I mean, you shared earlier about just talking yourself into greatness, how it's important yeah. to talk yourself into greatness. When your mind goes negative negative you have to go positive. So, you know, can you can you just share a little bit more about that? I know like I said, you know, from you you motivated me to just constantly recite in my head chase your greatness. And I remember the first time I saw you speak back in 2011, you closed that event with a little uh, Man, I don't yeah. even know what to call it. It was, it was some fire. And, and yeah. I know you know what I'm talking about. It just inspired me, man. It left a, a, just a permanent impression in my mind. So would you mind just sharing as we kind of wrap things up just with the listeners, what I'm talking about, what it means to talk yourself into greatness?
1: You know, my favorite athlete of all time, and, and it will never change. I don't care. I love, I love, man, I just love athletes. I love just competition Um, even though I wasn't the greatest competitor, I have the most talent, but as I've gotten older and I look back, really what I loved about baseball and sport was competition, man. I love that. And and Muhammad Ali is the greatest of all time. I love Michael Jordan. I love LeBron James. I love all of them, man. I I mean, I just like the certain athletes and Steph Curry. I love Mm -hmm. the dudes, man. And, um, but Muhammad Ali for me, I used to check out his book at the library. Every time we had sustained silent reading, we had to go to the library and we had to in elementary school, we had to check out a new book every week. And I love my librarian because she always checked out the Muhammad Ali book every week. And you're supposed to check out a new one. But she was allowing me to follow my passion what I wanted to read. I could recite the book, but it was Ali. And, it, and, and I, the reason why I liked him when I was younger, because of his swag in the ring. He just had so much crazy panache in the ring that he looked cool while he was whooping you. And even when he was getting beat, he looked cool to me. But as I got older, I realized I liked him for other reasons because I watched his old films and I liked how he talked to himself. He said, I was telling myself I'm the great before I knew that I was. He talked himself into greatness, I believe, because when his mind went negative, his mouth went positive. But the difference with Ali is he had a microphone in his face with Howard Cosell interviewing. him. Mm-hmm. So when he was saying, I'm the greatest, and people thought he was arrogant, he wasn't talking to us. He was talking to himself. He said, I'm the greatest. Who told him he was the greatest? He did. He said, I'm pretty. Who told him he was pretty? He did. He said, I'm a bad man. He said I shook up the world. He said, when I come to the fight, don't block the aisles of the doors because Archie Moore will fall in four. I must be the greatest. Ah, he said, last night I had a dream. In Africa, I had one hell of a rumble. I had to whoop Tarzan behind first for claiming to be the king of the jungle. For this fight, I've wrestled with alligators. I've tussled with a whale. I done. Handcuff lightning and throw thunder in jail. You know I'm bad. I've murdered a rock. I've injured a stone. I've hospitalized a brick. He said, I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. He talked himself into greatness. He said, Sonny, listen, might be great, but I'm gonna get him in eight. (laughs) If he wanna go to heaven, I'm gonna knock him out in seven. And if he wanna worship fix, I'm gonna get him in six. If he keep talking that job, he going to sleep in five. If he keep knocking at the door, I'm going to get him in four. If he keep talking mess about me, he going to sleep in three. If that don't do, I'm going to get him in two. If he want to run, I'm going to knock him out in one. If he don't want to fight, he better not show up that night. He wasn't talking to us as the crowd. He was talking to himself. He was talking to himself. I can drown a drink of water or kill a dead tree. Wait until you see. Mohammed Ali, all this time, people thought he was arrogant. Nah, he was building himself up because when you go in the ring, you don't think you're gonna have some fears of getting punched in the face, but he couldn't give mental recognition to that thought. So when his mind was negative, His mouth went positive to keep him in a positive greatness state of being. Muhammad Ali taught me that. And we can use that in our everyday life.
0: Man, that's fire right there, Kevin. You you got me ready to wrestle. (laughs) (laughs) i I need someone to step to the door right now i'm ready to wrestle it's such an honor to speak with you man thank you for just just dropping your knowledge and being gracious with your time and i I know you're a busy guy so if it's okay just to close things out i have what i like to call the short time questions so it's a couple questions here man and you just say the first thing that comes to mind does that that work for you let's get it Uh, that sounds good my friend so first question here do you have a favorite book or movie
1: Favorite book? The favorite book I would have to say is Live Your Dreams by Les Brown. I got to give it up. I got to give it right up. There. Great <laughs> book. And Jerry, and <laughs> Jerry Maguire would probably be my favorite movie.
0: <laughs> uh, one of my favorites as well. <laughs> Next question What is your favorite quote?
1: Favorite quote? Um, I'm a, you know, I'm a Les Brown guy. Most people fail in life, not because they aim too high and miss. It's because they aim too low and hit, and many don't aim at all.
0: That's powerful. And I love it. Next question If you could give your younger self any advice, what would it be?
1: I would say stay the course, stay hungry, don't j- just. Stay the course, stay on your course. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left because the quickest way to a state of discouragement is comparison. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking to the right and you're looking to the left, you're starting to compare yourself to other people. And for you, Kevin Gracie, that's not a good formula. Mm -hmm. You need to keep your blinders on. Celebrate everybody else who's succeeding and stay focused on what the heck you're doing. Don't worry. It's gonna be good at the Mm -hmm. end, brother. Keep moving.
0: Yes, sir. Last question, Kevin. What does unstoppable mean to you?
1: Unstoppable means in order to stop me, you're going to have to kill me. Period.
0: Man, Kevin, thank you so much, man, for taking the time. It's been a pleasure to speak with you to catch up. Uh, Truly, you're someone I greatly look up to. So it's been an honor today. Thank you, man.
1: Man, thank you. I appreciate it. Just so you know, it's coming right back to you because uh, my podcast is starting soon. It's called 21 and Under, where I'm teaching young people who are 21 and under, because everything in life happens when you're 21. Mm -hmm. you got to be 21 and over, 21 and over, but mine is 21 and under. I want to teach young people who are 21 and under, don't wait to be great. Chase your dreams now. Chase that business now. Well, I'm in high school. I don't care. So I want to, I, I'm going to turn it back to you because I want to interview you because you have wisdom that you can share with these people who are 21 and under to let them know you don't have to wait. One of the biggest mistakes that people make is, or, or the biggest pieces of wisdom that people have who are over 21 who are successful is what would you have done differently if you could start over? Hmm. I would have started earlier. So I want to get them going earlier. So I'll be in touch with you about that
0: absolutely my fam feel free to reach out to me whenever i'm i'm there count me in and if if people want to just keep up to date with what you're doing and and just stay locked in how do we how do we catch up with you how do we keep tabs on you
1: you can go uh instagram i am kevin Bracey, bracy b r a c y there's no e i am kevin bracy on instagram at i am kevin bracy on twitter and then just kevin bracy on facebook and you can reach me kevinbracy.com it's all good all day long b r a c y no e brace up baby
0: Kevin, thank you so much, man. You take care. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Got love for you, and I appreciate you, man. You're unstoppable.
0: I'm honored, my friend. You take care.
1: All right. Great day.
0: (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm fired up right now. I have so many takeaways from talking with Kevin on how to recondition our minds and chase our own personal greatness. It's important to acknowledge that when we face obstacles and challenges in life, it's perfectly normal to get discouraged to experience self-doubt, and have our minds start focusing on the negative. But like Kevin said, when your mind goes negative, your mouth goes positive. Force your mind to focus on the positives and all the reasons why you can conquer whatever challenge it is that you're facing. Write those reasons down so you can look at them. Say them out loud so you can hear them. By doing this, you take control of your thoughts instead of letting your thoughts take control of you. It's a fact. There is greatness within each and every one of you. The question is, are you willing to chase your greatness? That's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to reach out to me on Facebook and Instagram at The Unstoppable Podcast, or email me at theunstoppablepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends and anyone you think might benefit from hearing it. And if you could please take a second to rate me on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, it really helps me out. Today's episode is brought to you by Safe Streets, the leader in smart home security and automation, and America's only ADT-authorized provider. Safe Streets will help protect what you value most. To talk to an expert and get a free quote today, call 844-980-SAFE. That's 844-980-7233. The Unstoppable Podcast is a production of Anthony Robles Enterprises, LLC, in partnership with The Really Good Home Podcasts. I'd like to thank my editor, Laura Batista, producer Katie Pulatunoff, and my senior producer, Andy Frazier. Special thank you to Ryan Smith and his YouTube channel for the intro clip of Kevin Bracy at the beginning of this episode. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a great day, and remember, be unstoppable.